Hello, Community Health Center advocates. This is Marie McCauley, and welcome to this week's Advocacy in Minutes. Today is April 28, 2021, and here's the latest in advocacy and more in minutes. Joining Kristen St. John and I this week is Gabriella Granada from NAC State Affairs Team. Community health centers have long understood that addressing political and social determinants of health will save lives by increasing equitable health outcomes for medically underserved communities. Air pollution has significantly worsened the COVID-19 pandemic and led to more deaths among communities of color. As we celebrated Earth Day last week, a new infographic posted by the National Institute for Healthcare Management's Foundation in this week's Washington Update explored how different neighborhoods in the same city can have vastly different air qualities and what it means for their residents' short and long-term health outcomes. You can find the link to the infographic in your Washington Update. Standing together, we can ensure that community health centers have the resources needed to strengthen our communities. If you have stories showing the way community health centers are offering hope in challenging times, please share them with us. All right, let's get into it. Kristen, what's happening on the Hill? Morning, everyone. As we're recording this podcast, Washington, D.C. is preparing for President Biden to address a joint session of Congress later this evening. He is expected to rally support for his American Jobs Plan and the American Families Plan, both multi-trillion economic stimulus packages focusing on infrastructure, the economy, jobs, health care, and expanding federal support for lower income and middle class Americans with increasing corporate and individual taxes on the wealthy. Thank you to the PCAs and CHCs, patients and advocates for your continuous outreach asking your members of Congress to co-sign FY22 Community Health Center House Appropriations Letters. Because of your efforts, the letter received 275 signatures demonstrating the bipartisan support community health centers continue to receive. See the representatives that have signed on in a link in your Washington update. The deadline to co-sign FY22 Senate Community Health Center Appropriations Letter has been extended to Friday, May 7th, 2021. Please contact your senators and ask them to co-sign Senate FY22 CHC Appropriations Letter by having their offices contact Sally Barrington with Senator Wicker or Amy Brown with Senator Stabenow. Click on the link in your Washington update to find the list of senators who have already signed. Following a non-binding vote by Senate Republicans to keep the ban on earmarks or community project funding, Senate Appropriations Committee Chairman Patrick Leahy announced the committee would accept an earmark request for its fiscal year 2022 bills. Lay announced reforms to earmarks, including a 1% cap on discretionary spending, ban on earmarks to for-profit companies, public disclosure, and a GAO audit of a sample of requests. Unlike the House, the Senate is not limiting Senator's earmark request to just 10. Although NAT cannot support individual community health center community project funding requests, we highly recommend all community health centers contact their senators as soon as possible for further instructions and to submit requests. Last week, House Democrats introduced H.R. 3, the Elijah E. Cummings Lower Drug Cost Act, to lower drug prices. This year's version of the bill does not include Section 815 from last year's bill, which would adversely impact 340B savings. The bill would allow the HHS Secretary to negotiate Medicare drug prices and make those prices available to commercial health insurance plans, cap Medicare beneficiaries out-of-pocket spending on prescription drugs at $2,000 per year, 
and require drug manufacturers to pay the penalty to the federal government if they increase prices beyond the rate of inflation. The federal government would use savings to fight the opioid crisis and support NIH FDA development of new treatments and cures. President Biden announced a paid leave tax credit with funds from the American Rescue Plan to help cover time off costs related to the COVID-19 vaccine for employers with fewer than 500 employees. Tax credits would help reduce the spread of COVID-19 through tax credits for paid leave to these employers when employees take time off due to COVID-19 symptoms, COVID-19 testing, quarantine due to COVID-19, or are caring for someone who is quarantined, or caring for a child whose school or child care provider closed due to COVID-19. The administration has released these fact sheets from the Department of Treasury and IRS to help employers learn how to claim these paid sick leave credits on their quarterly tax filing. And finally, on April 22, 2021, the Senate Finance Committee voted 20 to 8 on the nomination of Andrea Palm for HHS Deputy Secretary and 14 to 14 to advance the nomination of Chiquita Brooks Lasor for CMS Administrator. Due to the tied committee vote, Brooks Lasor's nomination will require four hours of debate and a majority vote by the Senate to bring it up for a final confirmation vote. Gabriella, what can you tell us about what's happening in the States? For sure. Thanks, Kristen. First, I'd like to introduce NAC's new living document titled Telehealth Mythbusters for Health Centers to Consider, which is now live on our website. This document captures common telehealth myths and challenges them with data from NAC research, academic studies, state intelligence, and outside stakeholders, such as the Bipartisan Policy Center. If you have any comments or suggestions on this document, you can contact the NAC State Affairs team at state at NAC.org. We would love to hear from you. The next thing to share is some insight that community health centers are doubling their pace in vaccinating minority and ethnic populations against COVID-19, according to recent data released by the Kaiser Family Foundation. People of color made up the majority of people who receive vaccinations at health centers, including 59% of people receiving the first dose and 54% of people receiving the second and final dose of the vaccine. If you'd like to read more about this, the full statement can be found at NAC.org. Next, we have a story from Minnesota, where Anne Niakondi, who's the CEO of United Family Medicine in St. Paul, stated that combining the supply of vaccines from the Minnesota Department of Health and our decades-long trust with the community we serve has allowed us to vaccinate nearly 10,000 people since the beginning of January. Our job is twofold, ensuring the communities we serve have access to both the vaccine and the facts about the safety and efficacy of the vaccine. We meet our patients where they are. The link to the story can be found in this week's Washington Upstate, so be on the lookout. I also want to highlight a new campaign called The Conversation Between Us, About Us, which is co-developed by Kaiser Family Foundation, the Black Coalition Against COVID-19, and Dr. Rhea Boyd to provide Black communities with credible information about the COVID-19 vaccine. The Conversation Between Us, About Us is live on betweenusaboutus.org and youtube.com forward slash greater than COVID. There are more than 50 videos to start and information will be added as needs change. In the toolkit, you'll find social graphics, sample social media posts, downloadable TV and radio PSAs and flyers, as well as ways to embed the videos onto your website. For more information, please email greater than at kff.org. Marie, I see we have some interesting information from our research team. Thanks, Gabriella. We sure do. 
This week, we're seeking stories from health centers on how they've been able to allocate funding from 340B savings to enhance their patient impact. This insight will allow us to demonstrate to policymakers the impact this program has in our communities. Please email Sarah Baser at sbaser at NAC.org if you have any stories to share. The annual Community Health Center Chartbook uses graphics and charts to describe who health centers serve, how health centers meet their community's needs, health center growth and remaining challenges, and how health centers make an impact. Again, you can contact Sarah Baser at sbaser at NAC.org with any questions you might have about the updated chartbook. A weekly infographic now includes information on health centers' vaccine challenges and the number of pop-up clinic and mobile van events while presenting the national findings on health centers' experiences and response to COVID-19. There is also a downloadable template available in your Washington update for states to populate with data and use for your own advocacy purposes. Now let's take a look at our learning opportunities for this week. Please join us for the Virtual Agricultural Worker Health Conference on May 4th through May 6th, 2021. This conference is dedicated solely to the health and well-being of America's migratory and seasonal agricultural workers and their families. The National Association of Community Health Centers sponsors this conference each year to bring together leaders in migrant health to learn from each other and improve the health and well-being of this population. Also, with the Juntos Si Podemos, We Can Do This webinar series, we will provide information about COVID-19 and share Spanish language content with Spanish-speaking community health workers and promotoras, hometown associations, and Latino immigrant-serving organizations throughout the United States. This webinar series begins Thursday, April 29th, 2021 at 2 p.m. Eastern, and you can register to join us at the link in your Washington update. Also, a quick reminder that on Thursday, April 29th, the Center for Family Health is sponsoring a forum on infant mortality and racial disparities. This 90-minute forum will discuss black and white racial disparities in infant mortality in Michigan. You will hear from Dr. Arthur R. James, retired obstetrician gynecologist, and Michelle White, MA the Director of Health Education and Health Promotion for the Jackson County Health Department, and Dr. Renee Branch Kennedy, the CEO of the Michigan Public Health Institute. The speakers will provide short presentations and take questions as part of the panel discussion. Then you can join Grassroots Advocacy and the Congressional Management Foundation webinar on May 4th from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. The program will unpack results from CMF's survey of national advocacy groups and the government relations professionals who represent them. It will examine advocacy strategies that groups primarily invest in, why, and how much these strategies influence congressional decisions. The program also presents research on how advocacy adds value to an organization's legislative agenda and its network's financial bottom line. You can find the link to register in your Washington update. Lastly, we also want to highlight that Civic Health Month is approaching. Civic Health Month is a nationwide celebration held each August to showcase and strengthen the relationship between healthcare, health communities, and civic participation. Boat ER, the operating partner of Civic Health Month, is a nonpartisan organization at the crossroads of health and democracy. Vote ER partnered with more than 100 hospitals, medical schools, businesses, and civic and health organizations in their inaugural year. Civic Health Month is excited to build on this impact in 2021 and empower healthcare institutions to give their staff and patients a voice in the public policy decisions that affect their well-being. The link to download a two-pager about Civic Health Month and sign up to be a partner can be found in the Washington Update. Some quick reminders. Please continue to refer to our HC Advocacy Coronavirus Advocacy Tools in this challenging time. You can find the advocacy website at hcadvocacy.org. 
For further support, please email us at grassroots at NAC.org or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, using at HC Advocacy. As always, a huge thank you to all of our advocates for your strong advocacy efforts. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy. We'll be back next week.